in exactly the way that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any human being with like with with curiosity would This is the Royal Mile. Okay, so that, I've heard of the Royal Mile. Yeah, so it's called the Royal Mile because it travels from down there. You have the Holyrood, which is the Holyrood Parliament. What does like that the mean? Government. Oh, it's the government. Holyrood. I have no idea. Is it a Parliament probably, of all of Scotland? Yeah. So it's the devolved competence of Scotland. Okay. And then up at the top, yeah, you have the castle. So it's the Royal Mile. It's um, kind of very symbolic. It's the connection of the government's always at the bottom of the pile, and the royals always at the top of the pile. Fascinating. And it's an uphill mile. Uh, it it's gets a- super, super busy here in Edinburgh Fringe. Um, you can't really walk. Oh, really? The population of Edinburgh doubles every August for Edinburgh Fringe. What is it called? Edinburgh Fringe? Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's like a, Fringe. Like a drama, drama, like Andran Festival. Oh, okay. I've heard of Fringe Festivals in other places. Yeah. Yeah. And it started in this, Edinburgh Fringe started in the 60s as kind of a genuinely Fringe Festival, but I kind of question whether something can still be Fringe when it's doubling the population of this <laughs> yeah when, it, when it literally makes us a bit <laughs> twice over yeah, twice exactly. the size so exactly. fringe exactly. right on the fringes <laughs> there's no nothing but a fringe anymore exactly we've all fringed out <laughs> it's a great uh, metaphor for the general I know, uh, I know. and they actually have a fringe it's so fringe they have a fringe shop there Oh that God! So yeah, <laughs> now that now that you're saying this, I'm starting to I'm starting to remember like a life flashing before my eyes. All the fucking improv people I know who yeah. come to Edinburgh yeah. Fringe yeah, Festival yeah, yeah. with their improv troops. Exactly. Oh yeah, and it's all coming into place. It's all of those like British comedians. Fags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that whole generation, like Matt Lucas, everyone. I feel like. They oh God! Them. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then oh. this is the geographic center of Edinburgh right here. Uh, this this guy. You've got your Adam Smith. Adam fucking Smith. Yeah. And well, then up man. there you've got your David Hume, which Ooh, got, David he, Hume. Yeah, I got defaced the other day. Why did it get defaced? Like, well the, the university has a tower called David Hume Tower and they've renamed it to 50 George Square. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck that. I wanna piss I wanna take a piss on the university for that. That's the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've heard in months. Yeah. They renamed David Hume Tower to 50 George to, 50 jo- to a fucking address? <laughs> yeah. Wait, Poo! Sorry, it's, it's 40 George Square, not 50. Fuck you! Yeah. That's pathetic. That's Why? Because he had something to do with slavery, something. something. Oh, fuck them. He, he, he was one of the greatest essayists of all time. He has this great uh, essay about race science, too. Where he's talking about, where he's just casually talking about how... <laughs> about how everyone needs a slave. No, no, it was not about slavery. He was just comparing the Turks to Greeks and the okay, Armenians. Okay, okay. And he, and thank God, he came out, he, he was complimentary of the Armenians. Because I was like really holding my breath. And you know who really lost in this one? Yeah. The Greeks. Like, he oh, yeah? Was, oh yeah, the Greeks, he did not. And it was just casually, it's literally, I think it was like an essay on national character. 
Edinburgh University's David Hume Tower has been renamed 40 George Square, following protests, over the 18th century philosopher's racist writing. Campus bosses said the decision had been taken, quote, because of the sensitivities around asking students to use a building named after someone whose comments on matters of race, though not uncommon at the time, rightly caused distress today. Nearly 1,800 people signed a petition calling for the renaming of the building, organized by Ph.D. student Elizabeth Lund. She started the protest in July in the wake of the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis and the resulting global debate on race and historical institutional racism. In her petition, Lund claimed the university was overlooking the philosopher's racism, quote, for the sake of alumni glory. She added, Nobody is demanding we erase David Hume from history. However, we should not be promoting a man who championed white supremacy. That is mutually exclusive with the goal of reducing the harm caused by racism. That is mutually exclusive with the goal of reducing the harm caused by racism at Edinburgh University to students of color. We can take Hume's writings and learn about them in context, but there is no reason the tallest building on campus should be named after him. End quote. The row stems from a notorious footnote in Hume's 1753 essay of national character. He's like a figure that sort of represents that whole like enlightenment era of Scottish philosophy that was He's... so important. And there's the University of Edinburgh, which was kind of one of the four ancient universities. This is beautiful though, so what is oh, this? So this is St. Giles Cathedral. So this is where the queen was a few months ago when she died. She lay here for a few days, people queuing around the block to see her. This one woman went in nine times and you had to wait like three hours to go in. It's not as bad as the line in London though. The line in London was like 16 hours to see her. Wow. Yeah. Um, so this is, This yeah. is like the main cathedral. So this is, um. A lot of history around here when it was the whole Scotland, Mary Queen of Scots, and there was the whole like Catholic Protestant um, thing going on when she arrived back from France. And who um, won? And and the Protestants won, right? Um, I believe so because you now have the Church of Scotland, which is kind of the same as the Church of England, an off branch of um, right. Protestantism. Um, Only the Irish plucked, stayed plucky to their. Uh, I believe so. I mean. I think if you still go to like the Hebridean quarters, they still practice Catholicism, like out on the island. Island um, Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a good place to practice Catholicism, to be honest. But yeah, David Hume, what I was saying is... David Hume. David Hume. How to talk about Enlightenment thinker David Hume. So people understand why he matters in an age when enlightenment and thinking do not. The Encyclopedia Britannica will tell you that David Hume was born in Edinburgh in 1711 and died there in 1776. And that he was a Scottish philosopher, historian, economist, essayist, known especially for his philosophical empiricism and skepticism. It will tell you that Hume conceived of philosophy as the inductive, Sherlock Holmes, experimental science of human nature. Taking the scientific method of English physicist Sir Isaac Newton as his model, and building on the epistemology of John Locke, Hume tried to describe how the mind works, 
in acquiring what is called knowledge. He concluded that no theory of reality is possible. There can be no knowledge of anything beyond experience. This is the Britannica talking. Despite the enduring impact of his theory of knowledge, Hume seems to have considered himself chiefly as a moralist. That is what the E. Britannia, Britannica, Britannica rule the seas will tell you. And does any of it mean anything to you? Do any of those words mean anything to anyone today? I doubt it. Philosophical terms have completely lost their grip on our attention. Even basic ones like empiricism or epistemology, gone! We do not take philosophy seriously anymore unless we have to write a student paper about it or grade a particularly beautiful student's paper about it. When we think of philosophy, we picture very long threads on Twitter with names such as Deleuze or Kojive. Or if we're not online, we picture two skinny men in ill-fitting shirts in some ivory tower untangling clots of hair with a nail clipper. And maybe one of the men becomes a woman to try entangling the clot from a female point of view. But here's the thing. The moment we picture this... Guess who shows up at our door with a fruit basket? It's David Hume saying, right now, bite, or whatever the Scottish accent is. Because Hume may be one of the very first philosophers on record to recoil at how disconnected the study of philosophy had become from real life. And to try and bridge that gap. Hume was early to prove what every master of reality is aware of today which is that facts and logic, facts and logic, facts and logic, don't persuade anyone, and feelings run everything. Our judgments come from impressions that are filtered by our temperament, our taste, our passion, and the delicacy of our sensibilities, all of which vary across a vast spectrum of human character and experience. I have long entertained a suspicion with regard to the decisions of philosophers upon all subjects, and found in myself a greater inclination to dispute than assent to their conclusions. There is one mistake to which they seem liable almost without exception. They confine too much to their principles and make no account of that vast variety which nature has so much affected in all her operations. When a philosopher has once laid hold of a favorite principle, which perhaps accounts for many natural effects, he extends the same principle over the whole of creation, and reduces it to every phenomenon, though by the most violent and absurd reasoning. Our own mind being narrow and contracted, we cannot extend our conception to the variety and extent of nature, but imagine that she is as much bounded in her operations as we are in our speculations. But if ever this infirmity of philosophers is to be suspected on any occasion, it is in their reasonings concerning human life and the methods of attaining happiness. In that case, they are led astray not only by the narrowness of their understandings, but by that also of their passions.
almost everyone has a predominant inclination to which his other desires and affections submit and which governs him, though perhaps with some intervals through the whole course of his life. It is difficult for him to apprehend that anything which appears totally indifferent to him can ever give enjoyment to any person, or can possess charms which altogether escape his observation. His own pursuits are always in his account the most engaging, the objects of his passion the most valuable, and the road which he pursues the only one that leads to happiness. But would these prejudiced reasoners reflect for a moment? There are many obvious instances and arguments sufficient to undeceive them and make them enlarge their maxims and principles. Do they not see the vast variety of inclinations and pursuits among our species where each man seems fully satisfied with his own course of life and would esteem it the greatest unhappiness to be confined to that of his neighbor? Do they not feel in themselves that what pleases at one time displeases at another by the change of inclination and that it is not in their power by their utmost efforts to recall that taste or appetite which formerly bestowed charms on what now appears indifferent or disagreeable. What is the meaning, therefore, of those general preferences of the town or country life, of a life of action or one of pleasure, of retirement or society, when besides the different inclinations of different men, everyone's experience may convince him that each of these kinds of life is agreeable in its turn, and that their variety or their judicious mixture chiefly contributes to the rendering all of them agreeable. Does that make sense? Allow me to misinterpret it for you. He's saying different strokes for different folks. But what he's really saying is that if you want to know the truth, you need to examine the strokes and you need to examine the folks. True objectivity comes from a respect for subjectivity, a sympathy for all the great breadth of subjectivity in human life. You can't just be a trad LARPer substituting dogma for observation and for sense and for thinking your way through the experiences of life. Trad LARPers dress their minds in talking points. They complain of female nudity in the most sexless era of all time. They complain of Halloween store devil horns and Satanism at awards shows while trains are falling down mountains and eggs cost $40. They are superstitious, and through superstitious fervor, they pervert even the soundest traditional wisdom they inherit. You see trad LARPers easily falling for utopian schemes that destroy civilization, and just as easily becoming black-pilled on human nature when such schemes fail. You see them concluding that people suck! Because there's always self-interest behind everything, and there's always vanity behind every good deed, so that nothing we ever do is pure. Boo-hoo, says Hume. These people have forgotten the movements of their own heart, says Hume. Observe the movements of your own heart. In my opinion, there are two things which have led astray those philosophers that have insisted so much on the selfishness of man. 
In the first place, they found that every act of virtue or friendship was attended with a secret pleasure, whence they concluded that friendship and virtue could not be disinterested. But the fallacy of this is obvious. The virtuous sentiment or passion produces the pleasure and does not arise from it. I feel a pleasure in doing good to my friend because I love him, but do not love him for the sake of that pleasure. In the second place, it has always been found that the virtuous are far from being indifferent to praise, and therefore they have been represented as a set of vainglorious men who had nothing in view but the applauses of others. But this is also a fallacy. It is very unjust in the world when they find any tincture of vanity in a laudable action to depreciate it upon that account or ascribe it entirely to that motive. The case is not the same with vanity as with other passions. Where avarice or revenge enters into any seemingly virtuous action, it is difficult for us to determine how far it enters, and it is natural to suppose it the sole actuating principle. But vanity is so closely allied to virtue, and to love the fame of laudable actions approaches so near the love of laudable actions for their own sake that these passions are more capable of mixture than any other kinds of affection, and it is almost impossible to have the latter without some degree of the former. Observe the movements of your heart and share notes. Mind the infinite gaps of taste, passion, refinement, and temperament that account for human character. Hume believed in the profound importance of something called conversation. Gay, in the old sense, honest, fun, free-flowing conversation. The alchemy of conversation, where two different sensibilities can rub against each other playfully and produce a spark of truth. A spark of objective truth, whose light all parties can recognize and enjoy and laugh at and be warmed by. Hume was a lifelong bachelor beloved by many friends for his high-spirited company, including Edinburgh Bruh, Adam Smith. But he also turned conversation into a literary form, known as the essay. Of the delicacy of taste and passion, of the liberty of the press, that politics may be reduced to a science, of the first principles of government, of the origin of government, of the independency of parliament, whether the British government inclines more to absolute monarchy or to a republic, of parties in general, of the parties in Great Britain, of superstition and enthusiasm, of the dignity or meanness of human nature, of civil liberty, of eloquence, of the rise and progress of the arts and sciences, the Epicurean, the Stoic, the, Plat the Platonist, the Skeptic, of polygamy and divorces, of simplicity and refinement in writing, of national characters, of tragedy, of the standard of taste, of commerce, of refinement in the arts, of money, of interest, of the balance of trade, of the jealousy of trade, of the balance of power, of taxes, of public credit, of some remarkable customs, of the populousness of nations, of the original contract, of passive obedience, of the coalition of parties, of the Protestant succession, idea of a perfect commonwealth, of essay writing, of moral prejudices, of the middle station of life, of impudence and modesty, of love and marriage, of the study of history, of avarice, 
a character of Sir Robert Walpole of Suicide of the Immortality of the Soul. These are the titles in David Hume's self-proclaimed proudest work, Essays, Moral, Political, and Literary. If you've ever wondered where the entire concept of the essay comes from, breaking news, it's from the Age of Reason. The Age of Reason, the Enlightenment, gave us the concept of transparently thinking out loud and attempting, that's what essay means, to find the truth. Essay means attempt, just like jazz means sexual intercourse. And of course I lied when I said the age of reason because the personal essay was invented a little earlier than that by Montaigne in the 1500s. But David Hume adopted the form to communicate his philosophical speculations and skepticism to a general audience. And he communicated them so well that when reading him, you are likely to see traces of Jane Austen, Somerset Maugham, and who knows how many other English novelists. Also, when reading David Hume's essays, you are likely to see traces of the conversation between me and my friend in Edinburgh. Even though neither of us had read Hume before, and even though before this middle-of-the-night tour of the city, apart from my friend having heard one filthy Armenian adventure starring Thaddeus Russell in Berkeley and reaching out to me at 2 a.m. when I posted a pic on Instagram from a bar called C.C. Bloom's in Edinburgh. Apart from that, we had never met or spoken to each other even once before this. Something to keep in mind as we approach the trial of David Hume. David Hume, so the thing about David Hume is he's a, he's a I don't know, like, I'm not an expert on his, over, how he slots. I know he's an Enlightenment thinker, and I know he's yeah, yeah. ultimately a liberal thinker. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk to him. We passed by Adam Smith. <laughs> I didn't realize Adam Smith was... Yeah, that the big... Well, but, Adam Smith doesn't get a tower at the university, but David Hume does. That, like, their whole philosophy was kind of the only thing Scotland ever really had going for it in terms of the intellectual quarters of But it's a lot. Because David, David Hume... Uh, have you read David Hume? I'm not acquainted with David Hume. David, you can find all his essays online. I'm not allowed anymore. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but if you wanted to, yeah. should, you, should, should a very naughty, subversive impulse take hold of you, you can okay. go on his... Look up his work online and just look at the, t you know, fucking topics. Oh, this is a really nice statue, except is this a defacement or is this normal? Yeah, this is just normal. Well, it's not usually there, but that's not the defacement. The defacement was they put a big um, traffic cone on his head. Look, there's still some stuff going on. Oh, fuck them. Whoever did this, I'd piss what on is, you. What the fuck is that? And yeah, they put a fucking uh, QR code on his forehead. That's defacement. That's defacement. There's nothing you can... That's total dis defacement. This is all defacement. This yeah. bullshit chicken thing. What the fuck is this? A unicorn versus chickens and a... Farm animal, like and then the vegan shit, and then you probably do the QR code, and it goes to like fuck them. The oil. He looks pretty good in this picture. In he, does, this. he does. He's um, he's, he's a handsome, handsome man, and also they've got they've given him the whole like uh, Greek. Uh, he's in a fucking tunic. He's in a tunic. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. saying he lo his hair looks Greek or Roman. He looks yeah. like a fucking Greek yeah, or Roman yeah, statue. They, they gave him his. Uh, he was boy maxing. Well, isn't he the guy that is all about the like? Morality doesn't stem from an objective sense of right and wrong. It stems from like your own interior impulses. Is that what he says? It sounds like, like him. Uh, I don't. I can't. You know. I wish I had the. Uh, 
I wish I had the authority to just lay it down right now, but I don't. Yeah. Which is going to offend, offend one of my close friends who's a, you know, huge David Hume, like, admirer. But I don't have the... It's I don't something know. to do with, like, I, but morality. That sounds like, like you, 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 like, re- morality is, like, your own personal reasoning or something. Right, 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 right. reason is ringing a bell with David Hume. Well, they all reason rings a bell yeah. with all those motherfuckers, you know. <laughs> that was the bell that they like to yeah. ring. I mean... Yeah. Uh, but but he is a he, but the, the but, but the thing that people should know regardless of all this shit is that he's an excellent writer. He's mm-hmm. very thought. He's a very subtle writer. He argues. He's a, you know he has that like uh, that style where he's always he he makes his points in a very yeah. like he writes lo- these beautiful long sentences that are very clear and easy to follow and. Like I said in that essay about national character, yeah. he wasn't doing it about race versus not. He, the, the point was simply, what can you draw? He was like trying to get at what, like, what is, what, how, what can you glean from this concept of national character? Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. that the Greeks are lazy and fucking bad. We know that the that that the, uh, the Armenians are known for their probity. He said, which is yeah, a good okay. word. It's, it's positive. Trust me, I had to look it up. It's <laughs> what positive. Does it mean? Probity. I think it means something like. Uh, I think it's something like conscientiousness okay. and like, okay. you know, in a persistence in a good way or so, I don't know, so, something like that. I, I yeah, forgot, yeah. but it was positive. Probity, yeah, yeah. probity is positive. Maybe it means honesty. Maybe it means like that they're okay. honest and trustworthy. I, it's something good. Okay. Probity. Noun. The quality of having strong moral principles, honesty and decency. Use it in a sentence. Thus the Jews in Europe and the Armenians in the East have a peculiar character, and the former are as much noted for fraud as the latter for probity. Greeks did not come in well. But the point is that the meaning, I think the purpose of the essay was to kind of just define what it is about national character that is useful to the the mind. Yeah, Yeah, which is exactly what an essay is supposed to do. What was wrong with the Greeks? Oh, that that they're just bad, that they're lazy. I think it was like they're just dishonest and lazy and that they're bad. I mean, I don't remember all the, but he's a good judge of character. completely antithetical to Armenians. Antithetical, even to Turks. (laughs) They fell behind Turks. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that they fell behind Turks? And if, and, 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 you know, well, yeah. So, and if you've been to, you know, some people have been to Greece and have had some bad experiences, so. And I like Greeks, but I like Greeks in general, yeah. you know, objectively, obviously. But, <laughs> you know, the man had some good points. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I take it back. I disavow. I disavow. My apologies to the Greeks. Uh, my apologies to the Jews. My apologies to the blacks. Uh, I disavow everything I just said about David Hume. I disavow this entire conversation and episode, which spiritually turned out to be a manifestation of Hume's uh, style of thought and writing. I, I disavow it all because this is just, I mean, this is this is unacceptable, uh, frankly. It, it's unacceptable uh, to say that the integrity, gravity, and bravery of the Turks form an exact contrast to the deceit, levity, and cowardice of the modern Greeks. I mean, I've just, I read this, this is unacceptable. I've read this essay now of national characters. I hadn't, I didn't remember it fully at the time during, uh, during, uh, the, the recording and, and now that I read it this is absolutely unacceptable and, and let alone the footnote that resulted in David Hume being cancelled um, and taken off the name uh, the tower uh, at the University of Edinburgh which by the way had to dep- thank God deprived him did not name him chair of the philosophy department 
uh, back when he was alive due to rumors of his atheism. Thank God they didn't give him that honor. Uh, you know, because it doesn't really matter that he was the most profound thinker ever produced by by that place. Uh, because he he said he made negative observations about races in this in this essay of national characters. Like that's not okay. That's not okay. And the footnote that the PhD student Elizabeth Lund complained about. I mean, it's right here in a footnote. And uh, I am apt to suspect the Negroes to be naturally inferior to the whites. And he goes on to explain why, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to say that because it's it's violent to even say that. And and honestly, uh, I mean, it's it sucks, but you just you just have to you know. I just have to disavow everything about him. I mean, you know, even though, even though, uh, you know, he said, even though it might be said that, like, you know, this was the, the 1700s where literally everyone would have shared that opinion, um, you know, most likely including uh, those he was insulting by it. And even though his entire method of thought was exactly the sort of thing that uh, opposed prejudice during a time when that was not particularly common. I mean, even though in his essay of the standard of taste, he says, but to enable a critic the more fully to execute his undertaking, he must preserve his mind free from all prejudice and allow nothing to enter into his consideration, but the very object which is submitted to his examination. We may observe that every work of art in order to produce its due effect on the mind must be surveyed in a certain point of view and cannot be fully relished by persons whose situation, real or imaginary, is not conformable to that which is required by the performance. And he goes on to uh, many examples why prejudice has to be removed from your, uh, from your arsenal when you're trying to reason and when tr you're trying to think. In fact, the very beginning of his essay, National Character, he says that it's only only an idiot would take the generalizations that he's making as a re, as a as an excuse not to judge an individual as an individual. But that that doesn't matter. And I mean, you know what? Hume himself, Hume himself would have argued that we should dispose of him and have no sympathy for any of his work because of that one statement. Because right here in the standard of of the standard of taste, he says. But where the ideas of morality and decency alter from one age to another and where vicious manners are described, without being marked with the proper characters of blame and disapprobation, this must be allowed to disfigure the poem and to be a real deformity. I cannot, nor is it proper I should, enter into such sentiments, and however I may excuse the poet on account of the manners of his age, I can never relish the composition. The want of humanity and of decency, so conspicuous in the characters drawn by several of the ancient poets, even sometimes by Homer and the Greek tragedians, diminishes considerably the merit of their noble performances and gives modern authors an advantage over them. We are not interested in the fortunes and sentiments of such rough heroes. We are displeased to find the limits of vice and virtue so much confounded, and whatever indulgence we may give to the writer on account of his prejudices, we cannot prevail on ourselves to enter into his sentiments or bear an affection to characters, which we plainly discover to be blamable. And what could be more blamable, and what could be more low and immoral, than to say that you are apt to believe in the year 1756 that Negroes might be inferior to the white to white people in an essay on national characters. Absolutely nothing, because you're enabling slavery. You're supporting slavery. David Hume supports slavery. I disavow David Hume. Um, I'm going to continue reading 
through these essays just to con- so you don't have to, okay? Um, in case little any other uh, ugly details come up that I can y- use to help the prosecution of him, um, I- I'm I'm going to support Elizabeth Lund, the PhD, who has uh, liberated liberated the 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 uh, consciousness and the and this and the psyches of the P- of the students of color of the University of Edinburgh from the harrowing racist shadow of David Hume. So I don't remember the full, but the point is like, he's just, a, the, the idea that he's been canceled at fucking, at this place, this place that he founded, that he put on the map along with Adam yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. That is just disgusting. <laughs> Fuck. I hate that. I don't mind if it's someone I don't care about, you know? I mean, I, ha- I, I hate that too, but I hate it in a distant way. But when it's someone I care about, it just yeah. disgusts me. Yeah, I just want to fucking cuts, kick him. deeper, but then it's also like... The dawn in the face. Yeah, but Fuck it's, the Dawn of Edinburgh. What is the name of the university? The, the University of Edinburgh. University of Edinburgh, Dawn. Suck my hairy balls, you fucking we can, we can pussy. Down there. It's like a few blocks that way. What's that? The university is like a few blocks that way. We can head down there and... Oh, um, I'd love to take a piss there if I, if I can summon the... Uh, on, on, on 40 George Square. Specifically on that fucking name. Um, can you imagine? It's Fuck. it's a un- the university itself is really interesting because uh, it charges. So I'm English. I grew up in London. Oh um, shit! But so I've you're lived, special. I've lived here for a while. Well, well. Excuse um, me. It's, 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 <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not allowed to say that to you. Colonist. We were, we were having this. I was having this conversation with my friend today, <laughs> and we were talking about Taiwan, and he's really pro CCP. Uh, because he grew up in Shanghai, and but he's also Glaswegian, and is very anti uh, kind of um, union. So he's okay. anti the union be- between England and Scotland. And I was saying there's like such a like your ideas don't synchronize because mm-hmm. you're so pro China occupying Taiwan, but then you're against right like your union of Scotland and England because at the right. end of the day it's a Gallic culture. It's a completely different culture. Like historically, if you go back. It, it, to, to how Scotland became part of England, it's literally colonization. Right. And, but it's completely fair because... But because of the... Ed- it's like, it like empir- empirically, that has just been like the history for the past, well, I don't know, whatever, 600 years. So that's kind of normal now. So why are we going back beyond 600 years? Why are we going to go... Why, why are we going to yeah. jump back to a time when we're not exactly, sure of what exactly, that... Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I get it. It's, 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 so the age-old conver- it's the age-old conversation about, you know... Like when does colonization... Not count. <laughs> right. <laughs> when do we not? When do we forget it? Right. When do you? When? Do, when does amnesia replace justice? Yeah, exactly. The question of the century for, and for all. Uh, I was hoping we'd be able to see the castle up here, but they've got their lights on because the fucking energy crisis. What? They it's, used to have lights on at night, and I don't get to Russia see them. Oh, f- <laughs> fucking Joe Biden is is the reason I can't see the castle in the beautiful night right now. Um, you get a nice, you get a cheeky little view. Fuck. Tarta weaving mill. No, I feel like I miss. Um, uh, it gets super charming during the day, and I, my problem is I'm never awake <laughs> during yeah, the day, especially you, when you, the sun goes down. I'm such a night guy, and I'm now the sun goes down at like 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah, like I know. I'm really fucked. <laughs> I know, yeah, it, comes up, it comes up at like just before nine. That doesn't bother me, but the fact <laughs> is that by the time I wake up, it's already sunset, and I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is going you're on? Here, you're here to get the culture, you're here for the Scottish race. Look, it's kind of cool, actually. There's like a shadow against the... Oh, yeah, light. it is kind of cool. It. 
All the same, I'd like to see it lit up like a yeah. fucking casino right now. Yeah. <laughs> because it would be so cool. Because I'm, we're, we're on this perch. It's beautiful. I can already tell it's beautiful. I feel like I'm on the top of... Uh, I feel like I'm at the Griffith Observatory right now. It is, but you're going to get like James Dean coming on. Like, yeah. It is... It has this like the round architecture, which is like that. It's, and it's it looks beautiful from of, here. So this is an old volcano. It's on top of oh, shit. Old? It means it's not going to... There's no chance? Yeah, as in she's long gone. You're saying there's not a chance? Before, before we colonize the volcano. That's, that's the university of Nevada's fire. That's the university. Like, the, the, the tower? The little, the, the, the little round building, yeah. The little dome? Yeah. yeah. All right, I see, I see, I see. And um, you can see to the right, that's, like, to the left, sorry, that white thing. As you know, it's not the, like, the, it's the, the, one the modern the, building. No, the one on the right, you, it's kind of not really lift up. You can't really see it. There's like a modern building to the right. It's kind of like a taller. I sort rise. of see it if I see what yeah, you're so seeing. That's, your, that's the notorious. Okay. Woody George Crow. Oh, fucking right. Pissed off. <laughs> I, have been, I haven't been this angry since like yesterday. <laughs> Did you get shouting to anyone at the bar? Uh, no, no, I haven't, I haven't interacted with any locals yet. Okay. By the way, I, found, I interacted with many locals in Manchester. Oh, you were just in Manchester? I was just in Manchester. I was very, um, I was, you know, uh, it, it won me fucking over. It won me over. What's that, what's that street called? That fucking Canal Street. Yeah, Canal Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that wasn't the highlight. The highlight was the rave I went to. Oh, the shit. warehouse project. <laughs> yeah, because that was the highlight. Have you seen them talk about the Manchester gays on Twitter? I've, I've, I keep, <laughs> seen that. I've heard it. What is the, what are the cliches about Manchester? Because I've heard over like sputter, you know, sp- you know, sprat- spat- splattered all over my yeah, fucking yeah. online existence. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's like this group of, I mean, I've only ever lived down south of England and then in Scotland, so I've never lived in the middle. And it's just like um, these group of like 35 40 gay guys in manchester like kind of mid-20s who just like it's it's kind of like the real housewives of manchester <laughs> you know? but it's on twitter and it's mid-20s gay men That's... who work email jobs oh really okay <laughs> it does seem like you know i mean it seems like it has a ton of like tiktok beauties like mm-hmm. they like tiktok hot guy <laughs> like well like are we talking about british beauty or are we talking about american beauty? Well, i think that's two very different it, it's it's 100 british beauty yeah but that it, I like it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I get that you can you can come you know, you can be like find a dorky or whatever, but I thought there was a ton of hot guys in that fucking warehouse. I mean, it was almost all straight. I'm just talking about like at that warehouse. It seemed like just, it was just, fucking just, Coachella just, with just, the hot people. Yeah, beautiful it was, men. It was beautiful men. Yeah. Just and not only that, drowning beautiful men, but they were friendly. Yeah. And did you find that? I found that they were friendly to me. You know, of all people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm there alone, and they literally take the fact that I'm alone. <laughs> they, take the, they don't take the fact that I'm alone as a sign that I'm creepy or weird. They, they take it... I mean, I don't know what they take it in their I don't head. think you should take that as dogma for your rest of your experience in the United Kingdom. Huh? I think generally, if you're alone, you're considered creepy. And weird. We call you a nonce. That's what we'd say. Oh, okay. Well, then all the better, for, all the more for, uh, you know, all the higher to say, speak of Manchester, where... You know, I got a lot of like, I think people were like, they saw that I was a lone visitor. Yeah. And, and this, by the way, also happened in London uh, to me, notably. So I, you know, really? You, yeah. You just got that charm. There's a lot of like rivalry you. about Manchester and London between the North and the South, right? And, mm-hmm. and in Manchester, everyone's like, oh, we're, I mean, this we're way the- friendly over here. We're <laughs> way there. And, then like, and I'm like, yeah, you, maybe you are. And I'm glad that you aspire to be. London's also friendly. 
let's not have some let's not let's not be too harsh on us on on our fellow countrymen here uh you know no white on white crime here and and it's like wait a minute but but yeah in manchester they were super friendly i was very impressed now it wasn't just friendly it was an added layer of hospitality which simply extended to things like they say you know you 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 lock you make eye contact in a very crowded dance floor uh-huh. You're and you know, assuming that they're straight guys, which I think most of them were. So it's just it's just it's innocent eye contact. Innocent eye contact. Yeah. Well, I mean, innocent on their part, not on mine. <laughs> the fuck is it going to be innocent on mine? I have nothing but licentious thoughts <laughs> and absolutely ghoulish desires in my f- eye contact. But when they were, tur- they don't get freak out. They don't freak out. They, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I know my I, I am, I do present in a friendly manner. I'm not like. Yeah, we, I, yeah, I know yeah, I'm not yeah, actually. Yeah. I also think the American creepy. accent makes you sound a bit more like effeminate and approachable. I think it's more of a. Like, oh sure. Like the American accent is more of a accent than the Manchester accent. Cur- well, yeah, in the sense that it, yeah, it does make me seem innocent. It makes me yeah. seem a little bit like, yeah. and it also it's marks like more me more buoyant. It's more friendly. It also marks me as a visitor of yeah, one yeah. kind or another, an and outcast. so yeah, which is a disarming You're part of the white on white line. Right, I am, but in a good way. And so it's just sorry. I get it. I get it. But they're not listening. This in the rave, they're not hearing my voice. Yeah. In the rave, they're just seeing me look at them, and I'm like. And here's the thing about me in raves, or any of these, any of these like dancing events or whatever. I don't fucking. I want to look at the crowd. I want to look at all the hot people in the crowd. I don't want to look at the fucking DJ pressing buttons, derp, derp, derp. Like, he's not doing anything that interests me. Oh, yes, and I guess that sometimes there's a light show on the stage. and But, like, big fucking deal. There's some lights flashing. Woo-hoo. So, for me, I much rather look at the hot people. But the thing is, when you're looking at the hot people and they're all looking at the stage, they often, like, point to the stage. They're, like, pointing... Like, I think that they find it... I think that it's awkward for people to see you looking at them. I don't know. I get that sense at these raves. And for me, it's just like, well, f- fuck you, boo-hoo. I, don't, I, just, I want to look at hot people. I'm not going to look at the fucking stage. Well, I think it's just probably because the, if they're looking at other people and the other people are, like, on a stage for them, they then also feel like they're the stage for other people. So they'd rather just everyone's attention be directed. I get it. I totally get it. Plus, yeah. they're on drugs. They want all the yeah, vibes yeah, to be yeah. in, like, order and well, shit. When I'm personally, they're like, you know, when I'm ushers of the crowd, vibes. I don't want people to be fucking looking at me. I get it. And I'm, but, <laughs> but, except, but I. <laughs> Nonsense from America looking at me. Yeah, some fucking weird Americans. But so, all of that, put, all of that said, I didn't get any, I didn't get a single, like, sharp elbow. I got, okay. I got nothing but people like locking eyes at it, and they look like they're gossiping about me sometimes. Like two cute guys, yeah. like two cute friends. Who, by the way, a lot of them, a lot of uh, this is the case in all over the world. But one of the things that gives me false hope in this in these environments is that I, I frequently see like these hot hot people guys showing absolutely no interest in women whatsoever, just completely oblivious to women, just not caring. And so I'm like. When I was 20, or whatever the fuck they are, 25, like, I mean, even I was, like, scanning for any kind of pussy, friendly pussy I could find. Yeah. Never succeeding, but that's a different story. But, like, other, but also everyone else, too. Like, the point of going out to these things was to literally try to hit on people. And that's just not even, like, there's some of it, obviously, but 
mostly it's like not even a thing. So it gives you false hope that, oh, well, if they're not at all interested in women, could it be? No, it's not. It's just that they're not, they're sexless. They're not, <laughs> that's, it's not that they're interested in men. It's just they're not interested in anything. They're just, they're just in a different mood. I, they're just more interested in themselves. Yeah. Because they're less interested in looking for women because again, that's sort it's of It's another like, person. It's a, a woman is yeah, another person yeah. and a guy is another really? person. I mean, she, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, say, I'm not saying that they're different. Like, they might all be the same other person. You know what I mean? All women might be literally the same person, but there's still another, yeah, other, other yeah. than you. And like, so is any guy. And, and I think to look for anyone is sort of a weakness. To be obviously like pining off with someone else. Yeah, great. Everyone, yeah. And so everyone is just negging each other yeah, until yeah. we all just neg down to the That's fucking really sinkhole. Like, Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, this is the main high street. Fucking trashy street, trashy trash. Your yo tower. Oh fuck! Like I'm on the trash street. You know, I, I you're picked on the, the f- other side. You're oh, on the okay. nice bit of the I trash picked the, street. I picked the I picked the hotel that what? I did not want to pick. Why was your hotel speaking to you? Do you know sushi? Have you sushi in America? No, I don't know. Yo sushi is like I, I don't know the fucking American equivalent, but it's like imagine if you made sushi a fast food. And it, they made okay. they made that they made that in hotels, but they've kind of got these but slightly swanky, like yeah. Japanese bull chairs and stuff. No, you know what did it about Yotel for me? And it was very, it was just, I was, I was getting a headache trying to f- choose because I couldn't tell which hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, well, okay, they, they're offering a king bed. Maybe it looks, may, uh, one of the picks kind of fooled me that the decor is in the room is pleasant. Completely, is it not? Co- absolutely not. It's exactly what I feared. It's like one of these tech hotels. Uh-huh. And it's but usually it, in airports. They're, they're in, like it feels yeah it, it, yeah exactly it yeah. feels like I'm in a fucking like uh, it feels like a less than a room than a first class cabin yeah and, and, and on an airplane and it's just like I hate it <laughs> I hate it so much whatever I'm not gonna be here that long and I don't plan on spending much time in the room so that's fine but it, I've learned this lesson now and I, I say to everyone also don't stay don't don't stay at Citizen M. Don't stay at a Citizen M hotel. Whatever you do, just trust me. Unless you're really, really fucked up, and I, if you're listening to this, you probably are not, don't stay at a Citizen M. I'm telling you, they all have the identical fucking human drawer-ass room with a, with a low ceiling. It's, they fool you with the king-size bed, four ways. Four-way king-size bed. Full, what was a full-way king like, 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 you like can king, sleep... Like king Square. Exactly. Like you can sleep on any... Way, yeah, which, who cares? The room is tiny. What are you doing with that? It's just a fucking bed. It's a tiny little bathroom. It's tiny. It's like... And it's like... it. You know, the, the real analogy is... It's like you're staying on a cruise ship. Okay. It's like that narrow... Yeah, 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 this yeah. narrow thing. And, you know, when you're shopping for rooms in a place like... Where I stayed, it was Copenhagen. When you're shopping for rooms in one of these old-ass towns... A lot of the bedrooms offer tiny little single beds and shit so you're desperately looking for a possible queen bed king bed and that's their selling point and it's all very like you check in with a you know fucking ipad and shit tap 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's de- fucking it's depressing fucking awful, i fucking awful i got since when did you not see someone when you check into a hotel it's I like fucking, the same I, thing with the qr code at fucking restaurants i, I fucking hate it shit. i fucking hate it and here's the thing that night and it could have been other factors whatever playing in i don't know uh, but that night, my first night in that hotel, Citizen M, where you should never stay, unless they pay me to change my opinion, which I, I have the principle to at least to to ask for a lot. I have enough principle where I will not accept a low payment to change my opinion. I will ask for a lot of money, and if they do offer it, I have the principle to fucking take it. 
but uh, yeah. Uh, Citizen Fem. <laughs> Citizen Fem. Uh, the first night, I woke up in a in a pure ass claustrophobic panic. It, first time it's ever happened in my Windows? life. The window was a very, ne- you know, it's like one window where I had it way down. Yeah, I, you know, I had yeah, it blacked yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, I had it blacked out. Like prison. It was like a prison. Yeah. And it was even with the window open, if you, it's like prison. Yeah. But with the window closed, it was really like prison. I wake up in a fucking, isol- uh, uh, was a solitary confinement cell. And, the, and I'm just like choking. I don't even think I could control the, the uh, temperature. I don't even. I mean, it wasn't the issue, really, though. It was, was like this, this trip. It was no. It was in the summer. Before, uh, no, not on this trip. It was in uh, August. Okay. It was in August, which is kind of where my. What is that nasty shit? So yeah, that's my sermon on. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, this place is. It's not. It's not nearly as bad, but it has similar vibes, and that just mm-hmm. that alone is it's fucking like, me up. A practical uh, cruise ship taking up the least space as possible. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, doing the most minimal effort to make sure that you're not going to complain. Yeah. you have everything you could ask for. On yeah, the you have everything. You have everything. Yeah. I have every- no, no complaint. Exactly. They're, they're all, every little box is checked except for the box called humanity. <laughs> Just give me... Ugh, I don't know. think that... Fuck. You, I, I think it can... And I think is I was considering so many charming, like countryish hotels, and I was just like, yeah, charming, charming, but I don't want to be sleep on a single bed, you know. I don't want to. I should have just picked one of those fucking places because this place is. The thing is that it's so spiritually, so spiritually divorced from this place. That's the real problem I have with it because it's not on the. You know, again, I'm not going to spend that much time in the room, and I and, and I'm not worried about fucking whatever. It's just. Spiritually, I don't feel like I'm in Edinburgh when I'm there in that fucking hotel, Yotel. It's not even a real hotel, it's Yotel. That's what it is. It's like it is to Edinburgh as Yotel is to hotel. Yeah, a fake pun. But that is like the very nature of the UK because I think everything here is trying to be something else. You have a fucking restaurant called Oaxaca spelled with a W. Oh, Oaxaca with a W. Which is, yeah. You have like the most popular food in the UK is obviously curry. It's just everywhere. It's just trying to be something else. It's a weird fabricated Japan you're living in. Man, you guys really have that, yeah, you guys really have that Indian fever bad with the curry love, man. You have the curry love so hard. It's the price we pay. For for being a, yeah, exactly. You guys, the price you pay, (laughs) that cap, that fucking, those fevers you get, uh, you should get a curry while you're I just like, I don't like I literally don't like curry. I don't like I don't mind it in some contexts. I'm fine with like the curry worst this shit. Is a, this is six speakeasy. This is oh, is it gonna be open tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. What is it called? Uh, I don't think I don't actually know what the name is. It's not, it's not labeled. Like, oh fuck! But it's at HNT, whatever the fuck this like, is. Queen Street and Queen Street Gardens. This one. Like, right, this, well, so uh, this is new Like with these straight, straight lines, it's very different to like the medieval windy streets we were just at. It's because it's kind of like reflecting that yeah. enlightenment, built like in the eight, uh, 18th, 19th century, like reflecting that like enlightenment philosophy of like utilitarian. I see. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more up to date, but it's still char- But it's still. Pic- and then it's weird when you go further out of Newtown. It's when they the, they were start they start to build the buildings a bit later and. 
uh, that's when you're getting into romanticism. So you have more of like the buildings being built with the slopes and built with the gardens. You have the round crescents, uh -huh. which is nice. It's like kind of what I live over that room. Well, okay, um, cool. Yeah. Now I feel like we learned a lot about Citizen M Hotel, but I don't. We, we, <laughs> pat, we like sprinted through this area, and I don't know what like was there. Any, there had to be more. This so there's a speakeasy. That's the speakeasy there. I okay. mean, again, it's like a speakeasy, but it's like the fucking the spirit of the Yotel. It's like trying to be a speakeasy from the American. Well, that yeah, that's a, but 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 try, but but in, even in America, the speakeasies are just trying to be speakeasies from a hundred yeah, years I ago. Know. They're not I speakeasies aren't real. Speakeasies are in Qatar, right? They haven't been. Yeah, exactly. That's where you have a speakeasy in, in the fucking World Cup. <laughs> That's your speakeasy. It's the World Cup, like, uh, yeah, England versus uh, Al Capone or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we're literally just LARPing from 100 years ago with this concept of the speakeasy, where there hasn't been one for a hun for literally it's fucking, it's 91 years. People need to, like, have the feeling that they're being limited and they're not allowed to have fun. Exactly. So that they so can that have, they have, can have exactly. You know, have you seen that fucking yeah. new bar now where you can go sit in a jail cell and, like, get your drink served to you by the prison guard and you have to put the fucking orange, orange jumpsuit right. on to go sit in seen there? Seen it? I probably paid $500 <laughs> to go to it. You have know you I mean? actually? No, I'm just kidding. But, like, I could <laughs> Honestly, totally... that would be a making well, good I mean... podcast. You should go sit in one <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah. Be a little prisoner for a day getting... Be a little drunk little prisoner. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Fucking crazy-ass shit we do. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but it's, it's the, it speaks to the latent masochism in us all, obviously. We want to, you know, even at the basic, even at the most minute... Like, we're all masochists to some degree. We need a little fucking pain. Like I've been, I've just been going off. I just did a whole rant about this, to be, you know, like thinking about the fact that it's inescapable that we like, we desire pain. Like, so some, we need some degree of pain. Yeah, but you need fucking authentic pain and sitting, having like a That's 16, true. 16 quid dirty vodka martini and a speakeasy that was made in well, 2012. Right, it's but not... that's, but that's the thing. That's the part that, that's the critique of these places like speakeasies. And that's not genuine pain. You need to have actual pain. No, I and know. Actual pain comes in like not having enough money to go to the speakeasy, and like people we crave, like we crave pain, but we right. don't have the ability to discern whether it's genuine, authentic pain or whether it's that like kind of fabricated pain that's not actually serving. That's the reason we crave the pain. Well, that's a very intellectually well well put. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that the, know, the problem know, we have, no, it's true. The problem is that you put it exactly as I, you you want exactly where I was going with it, which is that yeah, the problem, the thing that annoys us about this shit is that it's it's people like you know, it's people who are faking, who are faking the limitation. I mean, of course, you know, you're making a grant. The reason people go to these things is because they just look cool. They don't, they're not thinking about pain. They're not thinking about limitation. Mm -hmm. It's just oh, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. And, you know, they're not even, they're not making the connection that they want to be spanked for the, before they get beer. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. or whipped by the, or raped by the warden or whatever. They're not making that connection. <laughs> no, this is just cool. Oh my God. It's a, they, they serve you in a, oh, an orange. It's like bullshit. But those of us who are more honest, we will go to the version where you pay $500 to get smacked upside the head by the warden. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because exactly, we're honest. Exactly. So, like, we know being, <laughs> Uh, being uh, yeah woke to our own darkness, we are uh, 
we know exactly. what the like, fuck it is that's going on It's here. like the most honest of us get in like fucking emotionally toxic situations and actually feel like incredible pain because we are honest with ourselves that that's the authentic pain that we crave and we have the ability to discern between that and sort of this fake pain like we're awake to our own information and the rewards of that anyway well yes and we erect entire palaces of fake pain in order to distract from the real pain i would i think a lot of people in cc booms are after the after the real pain they're after the real pain yeah the authentic pain well that's you would think you know (laughs) that's why they were there and that's why the music was so bad yeah it's like you're self-flagellating yourself by going I went a few times when I first moved to Scotland and was just, like, horrified because that was, like, a, a drag queen, Eliza Minnelli. But that's every fucking gay bar. Fucking, yeah, but that's but, every yeah, cock-sucking fucking gay... Eliza Minnelli and then she was black. Like, oh, the drag what a twist. What a she twist. Was a black Eliza Minnelli. And a black Eliza Minnelli. <laughs> a Bl-Eliza Minnellac. Whatever. This is a really interesting instance of what I was talking about earlier because you can see it's like a straight line all the way down and then this was built like 50, 70 years later when we were moving to like Wordsworth romanticism like everyone was being really inspired by like the Lake District and the mountains and the nature and it fucking curves. It curves. I was just going to say are we sleeping on the fact that this building fucking curves? Yeah, this is one of my favorite corners of Edinburgh. This is beautiful. Yeah. I want to get a picture of this fucking building and shit. I mean, Curves? Okay. Darnaway Street. Beautiful building, this curving ass building. And yeah, and then this is a big round. I think it's called Moray Place, something around here. The big round, round circle. Oh, rewarded with the big circle. You know what's fucking fascinating is that these are all, like, I'd say about half of these students live in. Right. And some of the most expensive real estate in the whole of Scotland. Because you get these rich, the rich kids coming up from rural England from these like big boarding schools mm-hmm. and they're very popular for them to go to Edinburgh you know, I see daddy's dying. I'm a daddy yeah I mean is there more than one university here is it just the one is it just the Hume shaming one there's, there's the Hume there's the Hume shaming one but then you've also got I think where yeah let's go this way um, there's the Hume Shaman one, but then you've also got Harriet Watt, which is, uh, on the outskirts, it's fucking, it's not as good, but it's more of like a, just courses you can do there are very applicable to, um, like you can learn like plumbing mm-hmm. and like woodwork and shit so you can actually get a fucking job. With oh, okay. Everyone, so the trades, studying, the trades. Everyone you know, like history of art. And right. Geography. Geography's, that's, that's geogra- a big one. Geography is a core. Cool, I don't think you can why do is geography. Why is because, geography still a subject? the British Empire. It's a fucking... I'm like, just wondering, no, but like... Geography was like the study of like the empire. Yeah, but that was like 500 years ago when Google thing. didn't exist. Now you know yeah, literally exactly. where everything is. So oh, why yeah, do you yeah, need yeah. to but your be an expert? These whole universities rest on the laurel of being these ancient kind of temples of knowledge for the whole of the western world so they have like this battle constantly going on with retaining that like integrity of old times but then also trying to modernize and it's just like i get it i get it you know what if you want to be a geographer you know what no it's the funniest thing i just to me it's the funniest fucking thing because it's just like it's like it's like you literally have a calculator for that already it's called google it's called google i just like i'm a human geographer like we all are we're all geographers now we are all so far ahead of like the number one geographer in the world 
in like 500 yeah. years ago yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's just crazy. We didn't do anything to deserve it. It's just that that is just what we are. It's like we didn't do anything to deserve. We didn't do it. Other people did things to deserve Mm -hmm. the state. I mean, it was fun knowing the state, the capitals and shit. Yeah, that's like the actual noble pursuit in geography is like being able to reel off all the capitals of the world. All the capitals of the world. I actually respect someone like that. I don't respect someone who just talks about... Right. It's, I don't know, globalization. Oh, like, oh, that's what they do? They talk about globalization? Yeah, oh, fuck them. Oh, so it's another fraud thing. Okay, whatever. So it's even worse than I thought. Yeah, and then anything that's vaguely non-fraudish, so when they talk about, like, renewable energy and stuff, it's just fucking... It's Bullshit, fine. that's fraud. It's a different subject. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Why are you not assigned... Why are you telling me about fucking renewable energy as a geographer? Yeah. Give me yeah. a fucking... Show me a science degree, bitch. Show me how to um, add carbons you're together. you about the fucking human implications of... My ass. My ass is the human. That's, yeah, right, sure. The global. Someone said global south to me the other day. Well, that's a big. Ooh. Is this still a thing? Is the global south still a thing? Like. Well, I'm not talking from like a woke thing as an EU, I'd say. I'm talking about like, is it, is it a thing? Like, well, it's a thing only among like uh, Bronze Age uh, mindset level type of like okay, racial yeah, discourse yeah, yeah, because yeah. the global south is sort of a catch all word. Does, for, does, does he say that? And I haven't read it. He Does says it on that? Twitter all the time. Oh, okay, yeah. On Twitter, he says it all the time, yeah. which is a, as, a, as a catch all for the, you know, yeah, third okay. world, basically. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It just seems like I don't think it's really a global. I don't know. It's it's just, no, but it's fake. Like, it was like, we met someone. I met someone, I forget what the fuck it was. It was New York or some. There was this girl. And she was, like, talking about, like, how she, she's an expert in refugee. Or, like, she studies, whatever, some... (laughs) She studies and she was like she was an international. No, She's first, really good at being oh, a refugee. It, okay, she, her her specialty was economic development or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And. Oh. And then it's like, and then she's like, I'm as an expert in refugees. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then she's like trying to get a job at the UN. And then we asked, I asked like two questions. I asked like two innocent questions just to like clarify for myself. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't yet trying to shame her or anything. I wasn't trying to shame her at all. But I was just like literally just like trying to put the, like what exactly of like, oh, the minute she said UN, it became clear that it was complete bullshit. Because what the fuck is economic development have to do with refugees <laughs> and with the fact that I you're just working. Money for refugees. Yeah, it makes fucking no fucking sense whatsoever. And this is like there's a job in the UN for this nonsense bullshit. And just from the t- anything with development in, like the word development. The, the word development is just yeah. That's what, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. you know that it's hocus pocus, snake oil word. But like, and so many snake oil words. But like, it's just the, the like cute project developer. Project project yeah. is another one. The word project. project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no no no. So. The, but the crazy thing was that she was, you know, like, because we, we really weren't, we were just trying to be nice and friendly. We yeah, weren't trying yeah. to do anything, uh, certainly. Um, uh, literally was opposite. We were trying to be literally as friendly as possible. So I was just, re- I was just being purely just, I was just like making conversation type yeah, of thought, you, you know? So how rich are your refugees? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, so what refugees do you most particularly like to save yeah. on a Sunday, for What's example? What's your favorite type of... What's your favorite type of... What's your favorite in, genre? Yeah, favorite genre. And... And, uh, you know, yeah, I wasn't going to ask her how they smell. Like, what's the best smelling refugee? But, you know, I would have asked her, like, the cool question. You know, interesting no, questions. This what's is about- the, the most recent, like, oh, your friend Anna, the most recent podcast I listened to, she said that race, different races smell different. Yeah, on her yeah, podcast. Yeah. I remember, did she get backlash for that? But I was like, you know, I, I vividly remember going she, to She gets friend. backlash for everything, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she's been surviving these, uh, these little... Uh, 
you know, these nuclear bombs that she's been dropping in that respect. So I think she's going to be fine because everything she says is ultimately adopted as correct by everyone within three months. So they're all fucking just, you know, they listen to what she says. So. So they listen to what she says. And so and she knows how to, she knows how to like, encroach on the borders of appropriateness you know without without going like she'll get she'll get waves hates hate from the typical you know usual suspects but they don't count it's a bigger picture that counts and they all change their mind within two weeks when they realize where the tide is where the winds are blowing but anywho they're blowing because someone blew blew a nice good old uh, uh, you know a uh, 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 line about racism and so anyway, what was I saying? Your but UN like, friend. My UN like friend. Yeah. She, yeah, she's going, and it's just like pure, and oh, this is, comes after my friend and I introduce ourselves. Yeah, yeah. As, you know, and then we talk about, <laughs> in this particular case, just happened to be, that our latest film is like a fucking, it's about a fucking war and a fucking yeah, unrecognized speak, territory. Speak, speak like a film. Oh, no, but yeah, like, that's oh, yeah, a whole. Have you, that's what your head's to be, your head's That is what I hear. I would, I've yeah. spoken about it, I don't know. I've spoken, well, yeah, I haven't spoken about it in public but, uh, but so much, but, I mean, in, on this, I haven't spoken about it. I spoke about it, of course, at the screenings, but, but whatever. Like, so, our, well, she asks us what our thing is. Like, well, just, you know, <laughs> filming this war that nobody talks about because it's, well, you know, it's all, and there's a bunch of refugees. And, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then she has to explain that her expertise in economically developing refugees consists of wanting to get a job at the UN with some fake-ass title that doesn't do anything. And she's like, before our eyes, she's realizing that her entire career doesn't do anything. Like, she's realizing this internally. I don't know okay, how consciously, okay, but okay. we're observably watching her realize that actually these are just words and she's not actually uh-huh. involved in literally helping took, refugees like, or doing anything of the kind. It took one conversation for her to arrive at that what is she doing when she goes and sits behind it? Which I presume she doesn't sit behind a desk and she works up from home. But like, well, yeah, there isn't even a desk involved at this <laughs> yeah, point. Like, the, you know, dead. remember in the glamour, the glory, like, the days of like, yore where you worked yeah, at a desk? Like, is she just on Slack the whole day, like just talking about projects but not doing them? She's like, probably she literally, yeah, she probably has a, like a job that is like posting social media yeah. for like whatever little office chapter she works for. Who knows? Like, you know, like whoever, who writes those tweets for the ACLU? Yeah. Like that's, that is a civil liberties in this day. That is a civil liberties advocate. Someone who writes fucking uh, retarded little fortune cookie tweets on the AS, ACLU Twitter account. So, but the, but, it, but because, again, because there's no rancor here, there's no, we're not, we literally, we're trying to just literally just actually be nice. There's nothing except, you know, just us being, starting an yeah. honest conversation, um, assuming and that... And then did, did she admit that her whole world dematerialized? No, no, she you. didn't admit anything. It yeah. was, it never got that you far. You just see it deep in her countenance. Uh, yeah, because we, we didn't, it didn't last that long. We kind of got yeah. bored with her. We kind of just got bored with the, with the concept because we realized that, yeah. oh, this is going to go in a place where we're not going to be able to control ourselves. You know, we're going to make yeah. her, we're just going to destroy this woman further because... Like we're not going to be have actual jobs to get. We're just like we're not going to be able to like hold it in that forever, you know. Like, and it doesn't look like she's able to act. Like, it looks like she's legitimately embarrassed that her entire career 
appear, suddenly appears to be fake. Like with this, through this one brief in, encounter, I'm just, I'm obviously casting it in the most dramatic possible light right now, but it's very likely, I, you know, that like she was shattered by that experience. Very likely. But then women are like healthily video game characters. Women. They can just, huh? No, healthily, healthily shattered. I hope so. Healthy. And if it's something that's shot, being shattered is like a job like that, it's probably for the bad. Oh, I would mm. love nothing more to the find I'm out. Everyone. Yeah, I was. This, this is beautiful, right? This, this, this is this is, yeah, this yeah. is really gorgeous. Take a pillar picture of me. This is so beautiful, and it's beautiful at night, as you promised. Yes. So these all um, used to be where the horses lived, all the houses. Oh, so is this called a muse? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like muse. I like the word. Yeah. It rhymes with. I just watched. Um, Let's take a selfie. Like you like it? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, as long as you, you know, it's because my face is distant, then it's always safe, you know? My vanity is. My vanity is scratching at me. My fucking vanity. It is, do you think your vanity Are people like living these things? With, Am I waking people uh, up with my voice? Oh, well. Oh, that's right, they're all on drugs. I forgot people are all on drugs now. Literally everyone's on drugs now. That's yeah. great. It's good to know. It's because oh, I can scream so I now in the night. That, like with the really, really long nights, your kind of circadian rhythm gets so fucked up. You have no choice but to turn to. Oh my god! So true. <laughs> so true. When the, like, when yeah, the sun there's, lays there's low. There's a visible increase of crackheads in the winter on the streets oh, in Scotland. Well, it's why so you can't sense. buy alcohol after 10 p.m. in shops here. Speakeasy, so, that's what the speakeasy's for, man. Fucking, we yeah, gotta we, fucking start a new speakeasy <laughs> that can sell liquor <laughs> at 10.01 p.m. at the scandalous we hour. We fucking imagine the Tesco speakeasy. We literally need speakeasies for selling liquor, so you don't have. Okay, I get it. The bars are open. You can sell buck farts. You have buck. You have buck farts. Yeah. Butt farts. What? Butt farts. What did you say? <laughs> I'm gonna start calling it that. Butt farts. Buck, buck farts. It's like that buck Scottish fuss. caffeinated wine brewed by monks in Ooh, Scotland. I'll drink that shit. And it's like a very Scottish drink. Oh, I'll drink that. What is it called um, again? Buck farts. Like buck farts. Like like buck farts. Is like, it sweet or is it? Uh, it, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. It tastes oh, like grape fuck. juice. Oh, that's because too sweet. it's like Scottish wine. Shit, no, so I can't exactly do sweet like wine. A, yeah, fuck. I was gonna, I wanted to get in the mood for something dark wine and malty. It's like a very generous time. It's kind of malty actually, but it's like. Uh, but if it's too sweet, it's, it's I want it to be like manly. So you should come down here. You should come down here. They're very cute little pub there. Oh, okay. Hatch Hatch. Saint Vincent. <laughs> Saint Vincent. Oh, okay, Hatch. I thought. <laughs> Opposite was Hatch. Hatch chicken. That was that's that's my best friend's apartment right there. Where? Oh, that's cute. It's a she, your best friend. Yeah. Well, well, well. Exactly. I'm just a. If you aren't just another brick in the wall of femininity. <laughs> I was waiting to see what came out. I I literally had no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> that's what we just were in the day. That that that. Um, you know the muse. Can you see it there? Ah, yes, yeah, beautiful there. muse. Yeah, I can see why he painted it in this cheap way. Whoever did that. So yeah, I heard, like I heard a, it's a good movie, the Banish English blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Well last time I saw Colin Farrell was in that Koganada film after Yang, but it's like he's playing such a different role here because I'm so used to him. After like, Yang. After Yang, yeah. Kanye. <laughs> after Yang. <laughs> after Yang, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's good. It's charming and it's like it's like the whole premise of that film. 
I thought was. Yeah, well, I'm gonna watch it, but don't spoil how, like, it. Straight men cannot be friends with each other. Oh really? They can't. That friends. sucks. That they should but be. They can't. No, I honestly don't think it's like there's something like inherently weird about like mm. like a straight like, and it was really like there is. It can be so comfortable, and it can be the most natural thing in the world. But equally. On the surface is fucking, or not even no, not even on the surface. When you dig deeper into it, it's fucking weird. Why? Because like, to be a straight man is to be the conventionally like the pillar to which everyone clings to. And if you have two pillars, there's no way they can tie into each other because there's no way two pillars can cling to each other. There isn't. You know I mean, I don't think there is at all. Haven't you seen Fantasia? I've never seen Fantasia. I feel like in Fantasia, all kinds of fucking concrete shit can, finds ways to intermingle. Finds ways to break down. But I know you're saying that you're saying that two. Oh, stra- fucking Fantasia! You're talking about the fucking Mickey Mouse. Yeah, thing. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, the fucking the communist thing. Was like it a, communist? It's like an analogy for like, or maybe it's, it's one of the one he, of the, He's not con- Disney was not a communist. Oh, no, it's, I mean, the, like a, he was no, rather like he like was a, rather fond of some German ideas. Yeah, I that. know. <laughs> it's like anti-communism because you've got the fucking poor broom like doing its. Yeah, thing, the like. broom is doing its fucking thing. <laughs> Automation, baby. The anti-communist. Oh yeah. Thing. The fascist thing. Oh damn. I just, I just read um, Primo Levi's account from when he was in the in the concentration camp. Oh really? Yeah, never gonna be a fascist. Not a, not a, not a, <laughs> not exactly a barrel of laps, laughs. I'm guessing that account. No, I wasn't exactly cackling. Wasn't cackle? Really. Yeah, wasn't cackle material. Wasn't I would guess. Material. But I read. The, I, not something you'd pitch to Comedy Central. <laughs> I would. I would wager. Exactly. Now, well, you know there were like Sonder Commandos, which were the like actual like Jews that had to go into the gas chambers and take all the dead bodies out. Oh fuck. And I was like fucking. Oh. Anyway, and they would see their like mom and dad, and oh. their kids like in the dead bodies, and had to just take them out. And then they would kill them every three months and recycle because they too knew too much about the final solution. Oh. Anyway, we're getting to yeah. But I mean, like, but yeah, but you know, uh, Walt Disney would say, yeah, 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 but take that out. That you know, that was take take that part out, and just imagine it. Without that part, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just, take, just imagine, just imagine the whole thing all over again, just minus that one little yeah. slight problem that happened, a little slight little hiccup. That's what some would say. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a fascismo myself, uh, politically speaking, <laughs> but personally, ho ho ho, I am willing to lay it down. Now, I am not going to let this one go regarding the thesis. That straight men can't be friends because, goddamn it! Oh, we're bringing this up. I've de- yeah, I've dedicated my okay, life. Come on, come on, tell me, tell me. I've dedicated my life to opposing that notion that straight men can't be friends. This is a wifely don't, don't, notion. Oppose it, oppose it. I'm opposing why? it right why? now. Why? Why? Well, first you have to tell me why. Okay, you told me. Okay, so let's because unpack the, the argument. Straight men aren't flexible, and you need to be flexible to be able to like bend into each other and fill each other's jigsaw. But you say that, but I see straight men being very flexible. Look at what. Look at straight men. Look at how straight men. You're <laughs> spending too much time in. I did, yeah. They were being very fun. Oh my god, they were hoisting each other up on each other's shoulders all the time. What was it you said in your recent podcast? You were like talking about Kit Kat. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was was there like two weeks ago. 
Where, well, yeah, I, where, which, so wait, wait, when you say recent, you said you only listened to one episode. No, because I, before I met you, I listened to your most recent one. Oh, you did a little research. Yeah, you you like, caught up with yeah, a yeah, yeah. bit of the, a second episode. No, I listened to your Joan Didion one, and I've listened to your Berkeley one. And oh, okay. I listened, skimmed through your most recent one, but I didn't properly listen to it. Right, right, shame, shame. But, but, uh, no, but it's, it's great. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit Kat, Schmidt Kat. What was I talking about? What the fuck was I talking about? I was talking about straight men. Straight men. Yeah, I was talking about Kit Kat Club, of course. More of that. More on that, I think, coming. But uh, talking about straight men. Yeah, straight men. I've been doing a lot of studies. I mean, I've also been, you know, surrounded by straight male friends my entire life. I've, yeah, has yeah. been spent among straight men. So I'm not, I'm not a fucking uh, alien on that pla- on on the pla- on straight man planet on planet straight man. I'm not an alien. I'm a resident in that planet. They gave me a passport. I have a passport. I have residency. And I can, <laughs> I can go whenever I want. Yeah. And they can't kick me out. They won't kick me out. And, you know, they see me as one of their own. They do. You're, yeah, yeah. You're on, you're on, like, the hot J1 visa. I've got it. <laughs> I am... So, I, and I didn't have to marry into it. I literally just earned my... You know, I, like, I, did, I was like yeah. that typical... That, that typical Horatio Alger, American immigrant... Uh, you know, racks to riches tail. Like I fought my way to for my straight man credibility, and I earned it. And by golly, you know, I'm not ashamed. And so, all I'm saying is, <laughs> I've done. Teach me your ways. I will. Teach, well, you know, it's a. How do I get the visa? Uh, you know, it doesn't take much, honestly. But you just got to know. You know, you just got to. Yeah. You who's but, but, who's but, who's but, dick but, to when, suck. When are the straight men bending? Like, what, Here's what when they, they when they when it was straight men when they when they fucking uh, get snatched up by a woman bend until they break they do yeah. ba- do nothing but bend their entire lives so it is not true that straight men don't bend it is true that they are stubborn and prideful like ev- like everyone else and that they have whereas a gay let's say would be more open to the idea of flexibility and like be, would be more in a, you know innocently enamored of another person and you know we have the, the concept of a stan right like mm-hmm. the willingness to stan another person is also to not only another person but to stan so many people like as a like i like when you the, the gay version of saying i like someone is very often i stan that person. Yeah. yeah, but why is to stand someone bending? Because you're fucking you're worshiping. In their yeah, you're exactly. You're yeah. sta- you're standing them. I mean, stand is a I fucking get, M&M get what word, you mean. but I get yeah. What you mean. And you're saying that. And I'm saying that that men also can like kind of worship more easily than women can worship. I'm saying that they definitely can, and I'm saying that they're they're they may be um, they may be a, a little bit more uh, sti- like it, it it may take more effort on their part. Because they have, they need more pride. Like, you know, straight men are just a little stiffer in their everything. And they're, yeah. they, they yeah, kind of yeah. find a thing, they kind of find a routine and a set of preferences that works for them. And they tend to just stick to it. Yeah, but this is what I'm that to me isn't very bendy. Like, you're talking about them like that one. I know, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to paint the entire picture here. I'm saying, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm painting the unbendy sides. Okay. But, nevertheless, Straight men have a desperate, uh, a desperate need to 
maintain, to, to discover in their lives the kind of camaraderie they knew as little children uh -huh. when they had friends. And yeah. they would, every day was spent not just hanging out with friends, but illiterally excited to see your friends. Remember what it was, I don't know about you, but I can remember, and I think I can remember for everyone else around me, there was an, like an extreme excitement when you were a child, when you were gonna go see your friends, let alone sleep over at yeah, your friend's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. I remember what a big fucking thing that was. I was like, fucking, whoa, Super Bowl. Yeah. Like every time, there was never a boring. But to me, that's fucking gay. That's like a gay <sighs> excitement. That's whatever not a excitement. it is, whatever it is, it's something that everyone experiences. Everyone, okay, okay, including okay, the straights. Okay. Right. So all I'm, all that I'm, and, and, and in old countries, in old countries, and occasionally in new ones, but like in old ones, uh, there's also a habit. I mean, you know, if you stay, if you end up living, there's, there's a habit of like, in, in like Armenia, for example, speaking for Armenia and for Armenians in America, like there's a pretty sturdy habit of like being friends with your childhood friends all the way through life. Mm -hmm. Like that's a thing that, you know, or, or, you know, if not childhood, a little bit later, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. it can really go like all the way through. And sometimes, obviously a lot of times it's gonna fall off and it's gonna be, you know, it's, arranged marriages don't work, but mm -hmm. also there's a pretty good lasting, uh, you know, there's a good percentage of stick, the ones that stick. And yeah, 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 yeah. I just, so that you, you see that happen all the time. And in old countries, it's commonplace. In old countries, you know, there are groups of male friends, traditional societies. I'm speaking again for Armenia and I'm sure similar countries, like where they're just like, they hang out almost every day for hours a day. They're just hanging out. They're playing cards, they're doing nothing. They're just doing nothing together. And they're just coexisting. Yeah. They yeah, don't yeah, need yeah. to be, see the thing is that you're assuming that straight men need to be flexible and bend and all that shit. And the truth is they don't really need that because what they really need is mutual respect for whoever each other is they don't need to be overly, um, they don't need to submit to each other. They need yeah. to just respect each other and they need to be there for each other and they need to uh, enjoy each other's company. Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes they enjoy, you know, the company of people who are very different from they are, from the way they are. And they're cool with that. And like, you know what it is, like, or there's a, you know, what, there's a, group dynamic going on, whatever it's, it is. Maybe it's perhaps more than the, yeah, like, like you're saying, there's no requirement to fucking bang because they're happy with like the, you know, the negative space between them. They're happy with that gap. Exactly. That they're happy with it. Yeah. They like, in fact, if, if nothing else, they get sick of what a lot of times what happens, they get, they get so sick of their, of course, you know, domestic situation where for the most part, they, they set the tone like you know your household is your yeah is yeah. your masterpiece whether it's fucked up or not like yeah, yeah. you know even if it's your wife doing it it's you letting your wife do it etc etc so it so i feel like what another thing it, 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 it's almost an additional escape to to have like a friend who is you know is able to take them in a completely different direction uh to fa face a different direction of life than what they what they're so sick and tired of at home or just in their daily routines uh -huh. like it's all of these things are on the table i mean i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it i do i believe that the absence of i haven't seen the stupid fucking movie that's supposed to be good <laughs> but everyone's <laughs> recommending but i'm just saying like and i and yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy to watch it and like debate the movie directly yeah. but i know that straight male friendship is possible comes, sorry the issue, what the movie will tell you is that like and what i'll tell you right now 
is that the issue comes is right you have these two straight men that aren't bending to each other okay but then what happens when an issue arises and they have to get to like a kind of overcome a barrier which requires one of them to bend Right. What then, what then happens? Well, mostly what happens is the friendship ends. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. But it's just like, you know what? Like, That's the same thing with all the friendships for everyone. It's not just straight men. The, it happens with gays too. Like, there comes a point where someone has to bend. Nobody wants to bend. Nobody well, wants... <laughs> I think someone wants to bend. Somebody wants to bend, but then nobody wants to, bend, to also <laughs> bend or whatever. And then... And, and or nobody wants to, you know, like... Either nobody wants to bend or there's no... Um, there is no lucidity or common language left to, you know, reach a truce where you'll bend a little and I'll bend a little. But it doesn't take one. It should never be one person doing the bending unless there's a real problem. It should usually be somebody bends a little here. You bend a little in your direction. Together, we make the we heal the gap or whatever. That's kind of just the way it goes. You don't want to, like, demand someone else does all the work. So... And if I mean, that's, is this also, does this also apply to, like, both heterosexual and homosexual bedrooms as well? All around, it's a human, it's, uh, to yeah. me, it's a human thing. But then what would you say to but the, the men, homosexual couples that, where they don't both bend? Where they don't both but, bend? I'm, I'm lost now. So like, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the fucking, I'm in uh, Steamworks now. Okay. <laughs> where, the, where they don't both bend? Where they both don't or, bend. Well, okay, in some cases, I will say... It's not, it's not, uh, there's definitely cases, especially in homosexual world, where there are, uh, what the professors would call different power dynamics at play, right? Okay, so in that case, you know, like, if you're, if you're a messy little fucking, messy little boy, and you're dating a man of, who is responsible and mature and whatever, I can see why, you know, you might want to be the one who bends you know what i mean mm-hmm. like just on paper i'm not saying that i'm not saying that there can't be a million other reasons why the older guy's a creep and you're and you shouldn't but i'm just saying like the general let's just give the traditional format it's due so yeah you're going to be the one who you know if you're if a fucking can't keep a job you're fucking you're you're a shithole mess with your family all this shit and you happen to meet a partner same age you know older or same age or whatever age who has his shit together in these departments and has some like guidance to provide and is trying to tell you, hey, stop tweet, stop texting your mom that she's a cunt. Well, that's not a 50-50 situation, right? That's a 100% situation. Yeah. You better yeah, fucking yeah, bend yeah. to his wisdom. Okay, so granted that, you know, it, that, mm-hmm. like, that, that, that's a case where, and it's sometimes somebody's got a real fucking problem. Like it could be somebody just has a real personal fucking problem that is wrecking the, the civilization apart and of uh, the civilization the relationship apart and then that person has you know it's like a drug habit or some shit yeah, well that's yeah, not a 50 50 drug habits aren't 50 50 bad yeah, yeah, so you know it depends it all depends but whatever but but in terms of non-romantic just friendships you know i do think that given that i think they're founded in respect rather than in uh you know yeah yeah and, and respect respect has an expiry date like respect can go, can come and go a lot yeah easier than like love can come and go and it's and of course and it, and and the and the the wounds hurt more than the they always hurt more than the uh the opposite of what's an opposite of a wound you know than the healings than yeah, the healings yeah, yeah, yeah. right because the healings 
because you forget like okay now it's back you you heal and then you find a normal kind of stasis but then when there's a wound it you fucking it hurts and you can't yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. you know you really if you try to talk about it it makes it worse yeah. it's like rub yeah. salt into it and then even when the finally it goes away with time there's this big nasty scar you look at every yeah. time you look 100%, at your fucking 100 percent and like the and i just fucking quoted ted hayes from Bill america my god okay oh, he, 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 he i just quoted this homeless advocate that i did a my very first like documentary what appearance with like 10 homeless. years no no advocate for like different ideas of dealing with homeless actually okay. you know like he was pretty much on top of this bullshit that's happening now okay. in a way you know but yeah. he's, uh but he just said this he just made the same point that i just made the same uh he just made the same metaphor of a wound and of a scar when he was describing slavery in America. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't want to, I couldn't just find myself literally repeating his metaphor in a way that made perfect sense to you. He great, great minds. Per, yeah, great, great minds. In a way that, this is, he's a, he's, by the way, he's a tall, he's a, like a black man who looks like Moses okay. and like dressed in nothing but white, just so you have a picture in your head. So... I couldn't just say that to you, and you—you you really bought, you know, you like really felt it too. The, oh yeah, the wound, you know, always looking, being reminded of the, of the, uh, of the, 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 looking at that scar, being reminded yeah, of the yeah. misdeed like, like, between the friends. You try for something to heal the mold of wound is gonna be you know, like yeah, show. you know, what? and I'll yeah. say this: I'll, I added that part to the metaphor. He did not bring <laughs> yeah, up the part yeah. about trying too is hard. He, is he a listener? Uh, no, he's not. But he, he didn't bring up the... Yeah, he didn't mention that about the, trying too hard and rubbing salt in. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. just making the scar analogy, right? Uh -huh. Whereas, like, yeah, we've healed... We, you know, 1865, the wound was healed, but there has been a scar ever since um, for American slavery. And, and yeah, that applies to any, any, like, disagreement at all. And, like, slavery is obviously a pretty fucking big disagreement. Of course. And so of course. Applies, like... Straight, but I think straight men, but with that unwillingness to bend, don't rub salt in to make scars big. They just kind of leave small wounds. Whereas women and gays like do have a propensity to like really, really fucking try to heal that scar. Like, uh, of course, of course, wound. certainly. And then they just leave with a massive fucking gangrene. It's like yeah, it's it's it get it get yeah or or. In, in the on the bright side and but I think it's, it's so beautiful in like kind of arriving at that gangrene like there's a beauty in like your desperate commitment to have someone in your life like there's a nobility to that struggle I think and I think it's kind of defeatist to just be like oh it's fine I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the risk of being left with this big star no I'm gonna fucking dive in and no really I 100% and sometimes it works sometimes it works and when you see it work I see it work all the time. Sometimes, I mean, to, to some, you know, to some, you know, relatively minor, but still, I see women who are able to do it, and mm -hmm. I don't know if I know gays who are able to do it, but I can easily imagine them, you know. But I've yeah. seen women who are able to do it, who are like, who, who are constantly getting into tr like major drama, but then also solving the drama and moving yeah. on, and like just like think, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna fucking solve it now. It's like there's this very like. Uh, almost Balkan, <laughs> almost Balkan kind of onerous, uh, like force behind that. This Balkan female force, but uh, yeah, but also the Balkan force of kind of creating drama. That well. hundred percent yeah. part of it is the same fucking thing. Well, it's like a, yeah, it's an economy. It's an economy of female drama. You have to be able to fulfill, you know, supply and demand and all. 
Adam Smith would tell you himself, <laughs> the man who has not been na- named for anything in the one university in the town that he has defined for the world, <laughs> along with David Hume, who, along with David Hume, who no longer, at least, uh, who's no longer, at least they have the statues still up, defaced though they may be, uh-huh. by some fucking non-binary, <laughs> anarchist punk faggot, fringe, fringe, fucking ding dingbats. Yeah little bitches who couldn't understand a single David Hume essay if you because they studied geography if you if you fucking shoved it up their cunts because they just studied the geography of being a dickwad geography of the fucking they, hole they can tell you all about globalization. yeah where they can tell you about globalization but it can't tell you what the capital of England is <laughs> yeah, fucking but... little twerps but anyway we nothing nothing new you have to deal with them more recently because you're in university yeah. or were are you still? No, I've come back to graduate. You've so come back I, to graduate. I was at Berkeley. I was like an tra- uh, exchange at Berkeley, and then I've come back to graduate here. At uh, Edinburgh. At Edinburgh. 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 Yeah. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I have to constantly. Edinburgh. I have to constantly remind myself to say it like it's a bl- like my black one black friend. Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. Um, my bro, Edin. Edinburgh. This is uh, Edinburgh. This is, this is the, it's the. Take off your Edinburgh. It's the Gallic. Was this? Like language, like Edinburgh. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm not... It's from Berg, you know, like city, like it's the... Right, it makes sense. I mean, I know it's from Berg, it's spelled that way. But uh, clearly the pronunciation is... Of a different... Of a different slant. Do you have any idea where you are right now? No. Uh, I think we've been here before, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we walked walked down that. So this is relatively a small city, or we've been walking a lot. 400,000 people. Um, Oh, that's... I don't know how... We used to ask our geographers, like, is that big? I don't know. Uh, fuck, they, you think they're going to know? They're going to know <laughs> shit, man. They're, they're going like to tell any, you. Any number, numbers, what? They're going to tell you about capitalism the minute you start asking them a question that requires a fact. Yeah. Well, it's the, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, but this is, no, but 400,000 is good. It's like, I think it's where Fresno is right now. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's about Fresno right now. Fucking I, Fresno. Yeah, it used to be a million. Fresno used to be a million. When, when it was like like arable. When it was arable, when it was yeah. where it was, yeah, when the Armenians were there. When the Armenians were in You know, that was. Po- yeah, they're from. I'm not Californian. I read yeah. where I was from, but that's. No, it, it's like, just. By oh, by the Didians. Didians, yeah. like, oh, boo hoo, California's not the same as I Everyone's remember like, oh it when God, I was a little so girl. Hot. Oh, when I was a little girl in Daddy's mansion in Sacramento, <laughs> looking down at Ronald Reagan's mansion later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Berkeley. Berkeley now. I'm and the, I just got a job at Vogue. And uh, I just got a job at Vogue and I was fucking the guy who was going to make me pregnant and then forced me to get an abortion and then marry the fucking Catholic John Gregory Dunn. Yeah. When I, and you know, she wrote that fucking thing like when she was super old she's like fuck California. I mean, I haven't read it but I, that was that's the vibe I <laughs> from she, she a, basically posits like California is a land of contradictions. Like, oh, it's well, just like everything in California contradicts everything else. Yeah, well, like, okay, but that's the gayest. Yeah, I know. That's I the know. fucking so laziest fucking take. Come on. Because, like, she's hot. Right. Or was hot. Was well, she's a, she's a bag of, she's an interest. Bag of bones. That's a bag of bones. I mean, I like some of her work very much. But we just had a, I was just on. She's kind of overrated. Well, she is overrated, because, but that's a long conversation. We don't need to get her now. But her two books, uh, Slashing George Bethlehem and The White Album, stand the test of time. Oh, yeah. 
they're the two I haven't read. Yeah, well, those are the only two you should read, and you've read everything but the two you should read. Everything else is throw it in the trash. Played as it lays is interesting in its very narrow way. Well, the fucking film is shit. The film is... Don't tell me you're going to say you're a fan. I'm like... Well, I say a fan of the film. I think the film is not is not worse than the book. Mm, the issue is that the film is trying to recreate, like, the ineffable qualities of the book and, like, the yeah, film... Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't do with half... It's, not, it's pretty good. The film's not moaning and the book is moaning. The book may be moaning, but I don't know how much it's fucking moaning. Okay? It's more like... Whim- it's kind of more like whimpering than moaning. It's trying to moan. The film is whimpering or the book is whimpering. No, the book is whimpering. That's the problem. You see, the problem is that I, I, you know, the problem is that I see the limitations in the book to such a degree that the movie is not falling short of anything to me. Because there's not much to fall short of. Right. And and I think that the movie actually does a good job of depicting, of, 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 you know, capturing the spaciness of her if not the spaciness of la that uh, didion wanted because she kept on talking about how space is space is spaces are a big part of the novel yeah, like the freeway the, yeah like this yeah. freeway like and just like also just the great the big chunks of absence between incidents you know yeah, yeah. which and is a big thing book as well the way it's written and i don't know if you have the same copy but there's like so much gaps between, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Fair, like yeah. one paragraph chapters yeah, one line yeah. chapters yeah it's all part it's all part of this ex- it's all part of the thing she's trying to create, yeah. which is this literary landscape of L.A., which I, I and I understand it. I, I believe I, I believe her in her. I buy into that uh, atmosphere. I buy into the truth of it because I know it. It's true. Yeah. In L.A., you can very easily find yourself uh, 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 dispersed. You're the, in you can find a, a in, B, in like, between. Yeah, you, you can just find. No, you can find the moments of your life dispersed across these vast spaces. Yeah. You know, separated by three hours of traffic, and and other such so, like, from, delays. From that type of existence comes a constant movement. Like it comes a constant traveling from A to B. So I think there's like an energy to. There's. That's existence. what's missing from her book. <laughs> is the ener- is what it, that's exactly what's missing. I think it's she's the trying fucking to get at it because she tries to get at it when she has that amazing piece about her driving on the freeway. Like she well, gets that's it, she oh gets no no there that's a great nugget of observation. Yeah. And you will see the person who gets the speed. This is the this is the first time that we've actually I've actually been thanks to you um, like found a real uh, example within Didion's own metaphor of the difference between Didion and. D- Didion's L.A. and Eve Babbitt's yeah, L.A., yeah, yeah, which yeah. is that Eve... I don't know if you've read I, it. I haven't read Slated Fuck Company. But yeah, which is the one I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, so she, has, she has that. She has that, like, I've read the introduction to that book where she's talked about getting off the plane from San Francisco and landing in L.A. Exactly. And she's like, what does she say? She says, like, something about, like, the expansive, like, haze. Or, I don't tell my phone. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember, but whatever it is, yeah, in her both content style and perspective... Eve Babbitts is about that energy it, that it takes to bridge those big giant spaces of LA. Yeah, yeah, the, the energy that it inspires yeah. when you're when you're accepting of it as a legitimate place. It's you can be in you can you can be in constant northeastern revolt yeah. like Didion seems. You know, not I don't know if she was, but in 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 her later life, she definitely she definitely was. 
you can be in that where you're just sort of exasperated by the spaces. Yeah. Or you can be in, yeah, or you're spaced out by the spaces, right? Or you can rally like you've ever said. Like I'm trying to do for fuck's sake, and and try to like. She says she says like oh no it's not it's Matthew Spector talking about it I've got it oh yeah yeah he wrote he to says, yeah he, yeah um, he's the, the author intro. herself says it best in a passage where she shrugs off her own embarrassment over a loving LA describing the happiness she feels stepping off an airplane my claustrophobia from San Francisco begins to vanish that cheerful ship-shaped vitality of the north violates my spirit and I long for vast sprawls smog and luke nights LA it's where I work best it's where I can live oblivious to physical reality wonderfully said Matthew Spector who has agreed to come on this very podcast has he yes when I managed to arrange it properly I have to read his book which is very which is is very interesting seeming book it's called uh always crashing in the same lane i think it's about it's like a book about a memoir of yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh failing through la whatever uh but it sounds really good i heard him on Brad Easton. Oh, yeah, so he, he's the intro to my he does a very good intro very good intro he he himself said once somewhere that writing that intro is what like made him like fall in love back in love with writing which he was so burnt out of <laughs> like writing that intro that you so just imagine so, and then, and that's what led to him writing the book, Always Crashing yeah. in the Same Lane, you know, which, which is well-received. I, I don't know. Well, whatever it is, my point is just imagine how, imagine the infectiousness of the energy of which we speak if not only Eve Babbitt possessed it and wrote, you know, in the way we see, but the fact that writing about Eve Babbitt charged you into it too like jolted you into that energy yeah. too which it yeah. did for yeah. Matthew yeah. Spector yeah. from what we can see. So just like you know shows you what a legit energy that is it's it's it is it is yeah yeah and what what is what's his book like what's he saying in his book like, oh i don't i know i don't know what he says yeah, in the book right, I, but okay. i heard him on brett easton ells talking about the okay, fact that okay. it 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 like that it, yeah. it i think it spurred the kind of thinking that led to the book which has nothing to do with you yeah. no actually it does has a lot to do with you it's about la but whatever yeah i just i do think i always say that la is i think it's a very common common thing above british people amongst british people is they love la they fucking love la because it's so opposite to everything in the uk I find, oh yeah, yeah, yeah i find like that so romantic like that vast like hazy spool yeah yeah that just goes and goes and goes yeah 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 for sure and it's and, like, and the freeway is like fucking invigorating it is i fucking love those eight lane freeways so much i'm oh, sure yeah. you dead exhausting if you grew up in them i fucking love them the, the majesty of just like sweeping zooming through yeah, uh, yeah. landscape zooming through the west yeah, yeah it, it's and, and the, you know it must be said of the British that they are very open to contrary experiences like they're very specific people but then on but then you know this comes with being a good colonizer I guess and why do you think we're speaking English <laughs> right right we're speaking English literally because yeah <laughs> and 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 I, and I yeah and I also had like the, the realization that like English is the ultimate white people's language. Like being a white, like whether you know, all the other languages have their <laughs> have their per, have their charms, but English is like the the way you announce that you're a white person in this world. Yeah. Uh, uh, just because it has the it is it's, it, it, it is a colonized it's like language. The Caucasian like language. It's also got it's got plenty of elements from all the other white people languages. Uh-huh. Not all of them. Not Russian. Not what. Not Slavic. But. It's got like the well, French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got French. It's got Roman. It's got Anglo. 
I don't know. Is there it's anything also, else? <laughs> Greek. I don't know if it has Greek. Maybe it has a little. No, it has Greek. It has Greek. It has Ebonics. It has Ebonics in it. Ebonics. Yeah, so. So, but you guys are open. Like, you know, your favorite thing is curry. Your favorite thing is curry. Even though you're so, even though your own. Uh, your own local cuisine is so fucking limited and narrow. Traditionally, I, you haven't been to Quick and Plenty. Jack no, no, I, 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 I like it. Just, I'm not, I'm not you against need it. Need to get a blood sausage and haggis for breakfast. I'm, not, I'm not against the spotted dicks or the blood sausages. I'm just saying, totally like, you know, just being objectively, obviously, it's limited and yeah, kind of yeah. stupid. But in terms of like, I want to say stupid. I mean, in terms of like the decisions of how to cook something yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need to cook it to the point that it's leather you can fucking cook it medium rare it's okay it's like everyone yeah. will be fine it's just just things like that it's like basic knowledge uh but like but you guys but then like you're open to fucking curry like at the same like you know like i you're open chinese, to like chinese you're open to also you just like you're willing right. to fucking go to india and then fall in love with the place. Like, who the fuck would do that? You think Armenians are going to go to India? I mean, Armenians will go anywhere, <laughs> but they won't fall in love with the place like India <laughs> like, and get all yeah, Indian yeah, yeah. fever, and they won't go to the fucking get desert fever in, the Ar- in Lawrence of Arabia. Do you think the Armenians more than other people are better at like going somewhere and emigrating somewhere and like retaining that sense of like nationhood? They're very good. At, like, yeah, like, I mean. Armenian yeah, I, it's always the big, the grand debate is always between Jews and army. Like, who's yeah, do, yeah, who does yeah, it better? Yeah, yeah. Because Jews are so much more successful and larger, first of all, larger people. But, but Armenians also, we, you know, they always like Jews are like always like impressed with Armenians and the way they retain their shit. I mean, it's the same problems. It's the same, it's the same, it's the same obstacles to doing it, and it's the same urges to do it. Which is, if we don't do it our story just ends and we disappear yeah. like we're this close to disappearing we don't want to be the ones on whom it disappeared right like yeah. you don't want to be the one um that's the thing and so you have a very strong sense of you know historical healthy, kind of healthy sense because how else without the, that pain and that fear of being the last one how else would it stay alive did not they wouldn't it'd yeah, be gone yeah. tomorrow <laughs> literally <laughs> tomorrow yeah. it would be gone <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the thing it's just it's not a delusion because it's a delusion if you're you know the a majority of the population in the world which you're not you know like if you're just literally I, i'm i don't I, I feel like i feel uncomfortable saying how few i believe Armenians there are in the world because the official number is what is the official number? I think it's like 10 or 11 million okay yeah, it, it, I, I think that's, it's that's vastly over totally in the total in the world and now now understand the population in Armenia right now of Armenians because there's a bunch of Russians that just moved in because of the war mm-hmm. but like of Armenians is it rounded up to be to be three million and is definitely less than three million. Now maybe maybe it's closer to three million now because of all again all the people who moved in from other parts of the world. But some game is the same issue. Okay, so like there's no way there's an eight million Armenians outside of Armenia. I don't think. I think that's like, like there's just like where are those numbers coming from? I Fucking just everyone. Like, it's just like it's all ultimately I think self-reported in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I think that. Commun- at a community, okay, at the individual level, Armenians are underreported because there's no place to write in Armenian on the census. You have to write it in uh-huh. yourself. You're not going to check Armenian. You're just going to check white, or you know, some people would check Middle Eastern just because they're from check? there. 
What do I check? No, I would write it. Well, I would write ever since I became woke. <laughs> I would write in Armenian. Okay. Uh, I mean, but 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 I, if I have no choice to write in, I would check white. You check white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have to. The, I literally the have focus, no other choice. I have no other choice. It's like so crazy. It's like, like no, it's so undervalued. In the it's it's a completely like, different thing. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, I I would have no trouble just checking other because I don't want to. Because <laughs> how how am I the same motherfucker? Who yeah, fucking that, that how am I a Vanderbilt? You know what I mean? <laughs> that like, Bernadine every snippet, which is like girl, woman, other, and you're like the other. You're like I'm nothing. I'm just other. Yeah, I'm just other. I'm just none of the above. I am a none of the above ass nigga. I am none of the above, and I am none of the below. I am nothing. But don't, but don't tell me I'm I'm a, a, a white. Like, have you ever have you ever taken white? Yeah, I have, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I've ticked white a lot. No, I mean, sometimes you don't even have a choice. You literally have to tick white. It's basically like oh, some of them are set up so that they literally isolate out blacks, Mexicans, yeah. Native That's Americans. Right, <laughs> fucking, and which is, and then they, you know, but the, what on the good nights they let only the white people in. Yeah, <laughs> What's um, it called? it's called White Night. <laughs> What's it called? Fucking um, uh, revolution. Revolu- oh yeah, yeah, revolver, revolver. They have a big one this weekend. Oh really? Yeah, next weekend, whatever. It is on on Friday. Yeah, honestly, like not a, not a not a bipoc in that crowd. I mean, I'm trying to think, there are, but there have to be, but they're like hot. You have to have a massive black dick. <laughs> big black, yeah, they have that big black dick night <laughs> on uh, Kwanzaa. Yeah, it's fun. Kwanzaa's a German holiday. What is Kwanzaa? Oh, it was some fake, um, like, hotep-ass holiday in America that they came up with and, like, the CIA came up with in the 70s, I think, for, like, Malcolm X reasons. I don't know. There's some... I don't really know. You got a lot of fake-ass holidays. There's a fake... But this is, like, a real fake-ass holiday that they, like... It's basically, like, Black Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It's just, like... I seriously... I'm not even making that up. I'm not... I'm not making up that there's, like, a... They literally tried to, like, dangle a Black Christmas... Like from like Africa, you know, you know, African American studies. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's fake. I think it's literally invented by the CIA. <laughs> um, um, we need Black Christmas at Kit Kat. That's what we need. Oh, Black! I'm dreaming of a Black Christmas <laughs> or a Blacked Christmas. <laughs> oh, uh, this is where this is where the first minister lives. Nicholas Sturgeon, head of the Scottish National Party. Woo! Uh, she lives in that one there. National party, so she's like a national. Party, so she's like a national. So she's like a super controversial figure, or no, she's like a like like Scottish nationalist. Like she right. believes in the. She believes in independence in, from independence from the UK. In, in England, we call it nationalism. National. We never dare say independence. She oh, just got, she that's just of got course. Yeah. Really, really cucked because she tried to have, make it legal for Scotland to have their own referendum, and then down south in London, they were like, "Nah, uh huh, uh, I see." Nah, you're not doing that. That's interesting, man. Like, I mean, you call devolved competence because some of your competence is devolved. Like, you don't have full competence over yourself, so you can be told what to do by well, other people, by the colonizers. Still, it's it ultimately comes down to that. It ultimately comes down to who has the uh, stronger arm, right? Yeah. Like, it, it or or mind or whatever. You know, yeah, like exactly. you can do it with your mind. You can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are ways around being outnumbered and out you know uh uh out empowered but 
it takes that. That's where diplomacy comes in, and you find ways to really. Yeah. You have to well, work with people. Yeah. Well, There's no way around it. She's, honestly, she's a, unless you want to be a fucking Afghani with like <laughs> living with a, your goats and like just shooting at random people who try to come through to build a hospital once in a while. <laughs> like you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave. Sorry for trying to come in here and build a fucking hospital on your on your goat on your goat farm, but. I mean, that's kind of what happened up here with the English people. Scottish Scotland was provincial as far. I mean, she's a, she's a, she's also a lesbian. She's a, well, she's not a lesbian. She's got a husband, but she's a lesbian. Well, um, you know, let's uh, not be let's not be small. And let's she's, not think you small. Know, lesbians love like fiercely independent, oh. like both domestically and nationally. So, but in England, they call her a dyke, just like they call her a nationalist. <laughs> A dyke nationalist. You know what? You know what this is the, the, the poorest, <laughs> the poorest suburb of Edinburgh. Or oh, it's not the poorest anymore, but it used to be the poorest. It's called Dumby Dykes. Dumby Dykes. Dumby Dykes. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly true. It's fucking late. Oh shit! Yeah, but this was a great tour. I think we yeah, got a good. Go right okay, great. Um, Perfecto. Well, I mean, we can continue the tour tomorrow, because I... You should, you should go up after this. We can go up after this. Okay, yeah, I think that's like a big fight. I'm down to do like a fight. Yeah, and I want to, I guess Old Town I have to see too. Well, we walk through it, but... You kind of walk through it, like you should go down into the car game. Okay. Head of the way. They built that bridge that we walked across over Cowgate, so people that live in nice new town wouldn't have to go down there. Right. Um, yeah, I'm probably just going to go to the... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll come. When you're around. When I, when I run, yeah. Are you still should. jet-lagged? No, I'm not jet-lagged. I just, I'm just such a nocturnal figure that, you know, it's like a, anyone's it's guess. It's honestly a fucking charming city at night. No, I loved it. It's so quiet too. I mean, Sunday. So on Saturday, on Friday and Saturday, is there like a big noticeable uptick in activity, or is it kind of the same throughout the week? Like like weekends. Yeah, is there? Are weekends bigger than just normal, you know, local weekends, or do people come in for the weekend? Uh, yeah, this is the thing that my friend, my British friend, my American friends always notice when we come to the UK that like just people don't go out unnecessarily. Really? So, like, yeah. Weekends are, like busy. That's a common thing all all over yeah, Europe, yeah, yeah, really yeah. much, except yeah, like yeah, Germany. Yeah, I think it is like nothing is nothing is fucking. Well, in Germany, you're going out on like a, Germany's the only place. Germany's yeah. the only place, and 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 I think that's so far that I've encountered. Maybe I don't know. I haven't been to France in a while, but Germany's definitely like mm. many other countries. It's so regimented to the weekend, but that's yeah. what I wonder too. Well, like, yeah, but then it also like goes beyond. Like you've got fucking Bergheim, you're going in on like a Monday. It's like the big, the big day. It's like Sunday going into. Yeah, going into Monday. But like so. Are there like big events here, like music events and shit like that? Nah, it's not a party city. You gotta go to Glasgow for that. Glasgow has the like, Glasgow has the real like. Yeah, people say Glasgow is the mistress, Edinburgh's the wife. Like that's like the boomer crack like phrase that like the. Oh, so I'm I so Glasgow's where the underground is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I will, okay, yeah, I will uh, have to keep that in mind. Well, wait a minute. Tell me again. Stanley. Yeah. Daniel, thank you for this great. Uh, no problem. It was like, pleasure. Like yeah. I, I was up working. Let me know what you have up there tomorrow. I will. I'll hit you up. I don't want to leave you stranded at CC Boot. CC I, I literally, that was the only place that was open. Interesting news, friends. I, uh, 
I was reading through the rest of the essays by Mr. Forty George Square, as I began to call him in my head, and there's this little passage here, few paragraphs, in fact, in an essay called Populousness of Ancient Nations, which is arguing about whether it's good or bad if a country has a lot of people in it, which apparently was a, a real matter of debate back then. And here he says, The remains which are found of domestic slavery in the American colonies and among some European nations would never surely create a desire of rendering it more universal. The little humanity commonly observed in persons accustomed from their infancy to exercise so great authority over their fellow creatures and to trample upon human nature were sufficient alone to disgust us with that unbounded dominion. Nor can a more probable reason be assigned for the severe, I might say, barbarous manners of ancient times than the practice of domestic slavery, by which every man of rank was rendered a petty tyrant and educated amidst the flattery, submission, and low debasement of his slaves. And in the footnote, the editor says, This paragraph and the ones that follow are notable for their strong condemnation of domestic slavery as a condition far worse than submission to even the most arbitrary civil government. In this, and in his insistence that slavery debases even the slave masters by turning them into petty tyrants, Hume anticipates the arguments of many in Britain and America who agreed with him in opposing slavery. So it turns out that David Hume did not support slavery, but in fact, did the very opposite of supporting slavery. And in fact, given his uh, influence in, the, in, in, in arguments for liberty and political liberty, was no doubt influential in the ending of American slavery. Something that, apparently, his observations of national characters did not prevent him from being able to do, and something that would put him ahead of Elizabeth Lund and any civil rights activist of today, who none of whom can possibly be responsible for ending slavery because it doesn't exist anymore. So David Hume is a bigger anti-racist than anyone alive today. So we can celebrate him again. So we're back. We are back. This episode is back. Uh, I reavow everything in it. I reavow everything David Hume says. He hasn't. He did not say a single false thing in his life. If it's the outcomes that matter, we have to note that David Hume making some disparaging remarks of the Greeks was essential to the entire process of freeing the American slaves. Um, I think we can safely say that. And we can welcome David Hume back to our good graces. We can kick Elizabeth Lund and all the activists in Edinburgh off campus. We can restore him to the tower. And we can continue in the grand tradition of artful, skeptical, warm, friendly, funny conversation that sprouted up randomly one night in Edinburgh with my new friend, Stanley, and continued the next night over many fascinating topics such as bowling and, and whether or not he has any pity for alcoholism and shame and ADHD and, and the glory of autism and 
uh, and and Stem and the Camille Paglia Touchstone and Susan Sontag and Ayn Rand and Philip Roth and Madonna's House, which my friend has been to, and and the magic of the microphone in this podcasting endeavor, and 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 there will be possibly even a part three with a new character. So please do return next week for the next filthy Armenian adventure. I think it needs, okay, Daniel Mer- Mercury is, is the character she moves in with, but then Madonna playing above on the, like, she's going to have to ultimately rape Madonna at some point, right? If she can't get a fistful of that Madonna-ass pussy, like, before she dies, I'm going to be very upset.